Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Got it right? Meet me at the rim. I open up some salsa, explodes all over my chest. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not sure what's better, the pass or the Old Dominion. And down, man down. Kicking off, can we talk about Old Dominion with Nick after what happened yesterday? Kicking off our number two here on Hurt Out Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. Though that voice can only mean one thing. It's that Nick Ba, college basketball analyst for FS1, host of the Nick Ba podcast and <laughs> the Chicken Nick show, is joining us here today with his Superfly Shoot 360 polo on. What's going on, buddy? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. How are you? Oh, Nick Bod. This is, I told Ravi, every, anytime <laughs> I get to talk to you, it's just like, a, it's, it's a true blessing. I mean, <laughs> like, you... You have the ability to make anybody smile. Like, I don't know if that's, like, ever been told to you, but just, like, seeing you smile and hearing you laugh and just hearing your voice, I'm just like, man, like, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I appreciate that, Andrew. That's very kind of you to say. Listen, that, Bill Self used to say, listen, guys, you're either, you're either an energy giver or you're an energy taker. And I always try to make sure that, like, even – even now, like any room I walk into, I try to I try to lift it up. I try, or at least I'll lift the volume up. <laughs> at least. Wait, so Nick, did we just get some breaking news that Bill Self is an energy vampire guy, like Sean Eichhorn? <laughs> is that what we just learned? Uh, no, I gotta see him on Friday. Don't go saying stupid stuff. I gotta see him. I still I don't know if you guys feel like this. Like at even when you were growing up, like there are certain coaches, no matter how old you get. You like snap back into like you're in charge of me, even though like I'm almost forty and a grown man. Like I feel like Bill Self, Dana Altman, Jeff Smith, my high school coach, Chuck Mazursky, my high school football coach. Like even now, when I see them, if they told me like get on the line and run, I'd be like yes, sir, okay. Like, like, like sir, I'm wearing wingtips. They're like I don't care, get on the line. I'm really out of shape, but here I go. Well, Nick, before we get into college basketball, I know you're a huge Nebraska guy. I know you, you know, you do all the Nebraska recaps on your podcast. Um, what was your reaction? First of all, last Monday, when things start trickling out, that's like, wait, Dylan Rayola might still be in play. Fast forward to yesterday where the commitment actually happens. Just what's your thought process that whole time? Like all I could hear in my head when I was thinking about what what, what is Nick Baugh thinking about? I just hear like the the scream, like the Marcus yeah. Foster just hit a three to win the game scream. Well, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's weird. Like so, you know, about a year ago at this time, you know, Rule retains Donovan Raiola, and you kind of go, okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Rule has the Undertaker gif, you know, of, uh, and, then, and, and then Dylan Raiola, he decommits from Ohio State. And then obviously Nebraska and Dylan Raiola were hot and heavy with a bunch of visits for a while. And it felt like it was inevitable that it was going to end with Nebraska and Raiola being together. So on one hand, like the fact that it's ended this way is not surprising, but how we've arrived at this point is very surprising. You know, for at the very last minute, something to go awry at Georgia and all of a sudden he's back into the equation. I hope, and I don't know if we ever will, I hope we get like the full, real, uncut, raw story of just what happened over the course of the last 
two weeks between Dylan Raiola, Georgia, and Nebraska. You know, because, like, even clearly, like, Nebraska was pursuing Kyle McCord, and I don't think the Dylan Raiola thing sat well with Kyle McCord, which tells you that everything was a little bit kind of – everyone was kind of flying by the seat of their pants a little bit with this thing. So – uh, I say all that to say I am I am beyond fired up. I think Nebraska football's program has needed an, an, an injection like this from a player standpoint. Scott Frost was kind of like the Dylan Raiola coach version mm-hmm. of what we're seeing here. He was going to be the savior. There was a lot of excitement with Rule. It's been a while since there's been this kind of excitement with a player. Uh, and for me, I... I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not going to be one of those guys that 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 shies away from like it needs to pop next year. Mm-hmm. Like with the way the schedule falls, especially what is it first of the I think six of the first seven are at home or something like that, mm-hmm. or, or five of the first yep, seven, whatever it is. It. I know the first four are, and Tony White coming back, the defense coming back. It feels like this is a year that that it's got. I'm not saying they got to go eleven and whatever, you know, win eleven games, but. I, I'm expecting big things um, next season. I think Dylan Raiola is going to hit the ground running. Um, not saying he's going to win the Heisman or anything like that, but I'm I'm fired up. This is going to be great. Now, it's Nick, exciting. you know, Robbie and I were talking during a break, and I you saw the poem that got released when uh, Raiola committed, and I'm like, man, you know, we should probably like go on Cameo and see if we can find somebody like really popular to like read this poem passionately. Um, you know, maybe maybe have Shane put some uh, epic music underneath it. Nick Bosch should be our guy. That's true, right? <laughs> like Nick, after this, I need you to do me a favor and go to Raiola's Twitter page and give, it over. Yeah, give me like an intro to a movie right okay yeah. yeah and i need that voiceover so we can play it on the show tomorrow like okay that, i'll see what i can do that, for you that's I'll your homework <laughs> <laughs> hey speaking of like big big players and uh big moments uh are you going to be present for doug mcdermott's retiring on wednesday i will be uh i, I was going to do the game on tv but there's kind of a uh a, a rule in my world that when bill raftery becomes available <laughs> Nick Boss out. <laughs> I'm out. So Bill, I was scheduled to do that game on on FS1. Raft schedule opened up. I mean, come on, like it's Bill Raftery. So Bill, so Raft is is doing the game. So I will just be there in attendance uh, as as a fan and a supporter and uh, a guy that is in Doug McDermott that I, I I still I can't believe now, Andrew. I don't know how much you got to pay attention to it when you were you would have been in St. Louis probably mm-hmm. during. His career, nope, but it don't was worry. We saw, we saw some great Creighton moments on TV in St. Louis too. Yeah, it, and so I, it, the further removed I get from it, the more I can't believe that. Like I got to see every point the guy made. Like I was the I was the full time radio analyst, and so every all three thousand points I got to see all of them. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm 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 very very excited. I could talk for forever about Doug. Nick, I. I... I've been trying to kind of put into context because I'll, I'll obviously be there tomorrow night as well. Just the how crazy his senior year was, right? Because obviously you get all this hype right away, and then it starts. It culminates with that senior night against Providence, where like he needed thirty-eight to get to three thousand. And everybody was just like, yep, he's going to get it tonight. Like, 38 in a college game is bonkers. And no one had any doubt that he was going to get it. And then he goes out and gets 45. That, like, can you put into any kind of context for me how just stupid that is? 
Yeah. I mean, the fact that even, and he says it after the fact, he's like, oh, yeah, I was going for it. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine being like heading into a game, being like, I'm going, I'm going to get 38 tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go get 40. No big deal. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 that's what, that is what I'm doing. But it, it that season, I mean, average 27 a game. Mm-hmm. He would have 25, and you were like, Doug was okay tonight. Yeah. Like, think, think about quiet 25. Roster, great <laughs> roster. And if someone had 25, you'd be like, dog, that dude was, was on one tonight. You know? Yeah. Doug would have 25. And it was like, eh, I, I don't, I don't, I, he was, he was okay. Um, he, he, it got to the point where it looked like varsity versus JV that year with him, where I used to love, he had a way of, you know, some guys let the game come to him mm-hmm. or come to them. Like he was notorious. That first four minutes was like a Tyson fight. Like Doug was going to come out swinging and the amount of times under that first 16 minute media timeout, Doug would have like 11 or 12 or whatever was was all the time and there were, it was it was so interesting when he's going through the the big east there was the whole question of okay he did it in the valley can he do it in the big east and I, i've told this story before but I, I remember being at seton hall this was they played creighton played seton hall pretty early in the in the conference slate and there was some some jersey seton hall fan comes down and and he sees that, you know, me and Bishop are the radio guys. He taps me. He's like, hey, hey, which one's McDermott? Which one's McDermott? <laughs> I was like, he's he's right. He's right there. He's got the T-shirt on. And he gets this look on his face like, Was that, that's it? That's McDermott? And he kind of shrugged like, okay. And I was like, I go, ah, he's pretty good. You better watch out. And in that, if you went, to, he had like 12 in the first three minutes of the game. And I knew where he was sitting. And so at timeout, I turned to him and I kind of gave him a look like, He's pretty good, isn't he? And he kind of he kind of gave me that like jersey, like yeah, I'll give you that. Give you that. <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. Still though, Robbie, like I, as much as his senior year was crazy, I some I think some of his great performances early on, like his sophomore and junior year, get get forgotten. What was he that? Had, like, Bradley forty two. The Brad it was forty four. Forty four. Yep. That was the first moment for me where like I thought he was. He went from like I think Doug's really good to is this guy like the best player in the country, maybe. Yeah. You know, like he had 44 points and I think he missed four shots. And like one of them, he got a rebound. He like missed a bunny, he got the rebound mm-hmm. and laid it in. And another one was like a desperation heave three from like 35 feet. So he basically had 44 and didn't miss. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember the official at the end of that game walking down towards me. I think it was Kip Kissinger and he took his whistle out of his mouth and he looked at me and his eyes got big and he just mouthed, wow. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, this dude, he, he had Wichita State his, uh, his junior, junior year. Yeah, senior um, night. He went like, yeah. what, like 13 for 17 for 41. Yeah, he, he, was, he was incredible. It just got to the point, guys, where like if you didn't double team him, mm-hmm. if you didn't double team him, he was going to have 30. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. Say it with me. If you didn't <laughs> double team him, he was going to have 30. It was, it was just – it was incredible to watch, man. I, I hope people understand and appreciate what they got to see, and I hope they really reflect and give him the ovation and, and the love and the admiration that he deserves tomorrow night. 
We're talking with Nick Ba. He's a college basketball analyst for FS1, also hosts the Nick Ba podcast and the Chicken Nick show here on Herd At. Uh, Nick, let's move to current day college basketball because I could, I could literally just reminisce with you about Doug all day, yeah. um, and we should some at some point just for funsies. But um, <laughs> the, the, current, the current Creighton Blue Jay team, they have a, they've had a couple weird losses. Uh, CSU, really good Colorado State team, uh, still didn't look great. Uh, that loss, then a UNLV team that I, I don't think is much more than average and a really bad performance for Creighton there, but then they come out, they stomp what I think is a pretty decent Nebraska team, they get a big win against Alabama. Like, What do you make of this team and some of the inconsistencies they've shown so far this year? Yeah, I, it's it's an interesting team. You know, they're, I think they they kind of – their weaknesses are are pretty prevalent to me and they're I think they got a little bit of a quickness issue and an athleticism issue um and the and when you combine that with the fact that they're all such good three-point shooters you know they they have a tendency to really 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 kind of live and die by the three um which isn't necessarily like Villanova is a team that kind of lives and dies by the by the three mm-hmm. too so it's not necessarily something that is is abnormal uh, but I, I think this team has a hard time getting easy baskets when the threes aren't falling. Um, that's where Kalkbrenner, in particular, I thought that second half against Alabama, he 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 went into paint mode. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I'm posting, I'm rolling, I'm scoring at the rim, and nobody's scoring on the rim on the other end. And they need that Kalkbrenner, who has been that guy for a few years. They need him even more because of kind of what we're talking about. No Kaluma. Kaluma could kind of get some offensive rebounds or get to the basket. Nemhard was really good at getting in and finishing at the rim. Steven Ashworth isn't blessed with being able to do that. And Trey Alexander is kind of a mid-range guy. So they just struggle to get easy baskets. Um, and and I think some of the so I think some of the inconsistencies lie in the fact that when you are a team that really relies on on the three ball, you, you can be kind of boom or bust. And and then I think on, in a weird way, Kalkbrenner and, and Alexander, in particular Alexander, have been a little inconsistent this year. Mm-hmm. They're and and I say that with a with a ton of respect for Kalkbrenner, where like my 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 expectation for him is to just like completely dominate, you know. Uh, but Trey Alexander has had some games where like Creighton needs him to be the best guard on the floor, you know, like on, on both ends of the floor. And there's been a few games where, where that hasn't necessarily been the case. Isaiah Stevens outplayed him. Um, and then, you know, against UNLV, uh, you know, kind of take your pick. There was a handful of guys that, that outplayed him. So uh, I, I think uh, some of the inconsistencies lie in the fact that those two guys have, have been a little – um, up and down for what they're relative to what they're capable of and what's needed of them. And then just the fact that they're really reliant on the three ball um, makes it makes it a little bit. They, this team more reminds me of some of the reminiscing. This team more reminds me of some of Greg McDermott's earlier Creighton teams, whether it's the, the Doug teams or even some of the, the, the earlier teams, the, the, you know, that relied heavily on the three where it's like, listen, they're going to take 35, 40 threes. And if they're hitting them and you let them get, get clean looks, you're in trouble. Um, and if they're not, they could be in trouble. So uh, I still really like this team. I still really think Baylor Shireman has been just like Mr. Consistent throughout. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm seeing. I think, th- I think they just got an athleticism and quickness issue on the perimeter. Um, and, and they're going to have to be able to try to navigate that throughout the season. 
Nick, you mentioned Kalk and Trey, two guys that were – you know, looked at it at the NBA level in, in the offseason. And, you know, you were wondering, you know, are they going to return? Are they going to go? And they came, they come back to Creighton to maybe try to elevate their game in a way to improve their draft stock. Uh, you, you mentioned how it just kind of hasn't all been there yet for both of those guys this year. What are those necessary improvements you think need to be made in order to really uh, hit that next level as prospects? Yeah, and what's what's hard is I think for and this is sometimes you run into this where what is necessary to improve your draft stock doesn't necessarily jive with what's best for you and your college team. Mm. I have thought all along I'm very lukewarm on Kalkbrenner shooting threes. Like unless they're a end of the shot clock, you you know, you you pick and pop, you're out on the perimeter, you step out for some sort of five outlook and you're wide open and it's under ten on the clock or whatever. I I, I like that dude picking, rolling, posting up in the paint. Just think about it. Every time Colt Brenner shoots a three, the other team is going, Thank you. We'll, <laughs> we'll take that. And it's not that he can't make them. I mean, he's proven he can make them. So I think, Andrew, the hard thing is, is like, I think what the NBA probably wants to see Kalkbrenner show he can do is they know he can protect the rim. I think they know that he can probably, you know, slide his feet on a perimeter guy a little bit and at least contest and make something difficult. Uh, they know he's a great pick-roll lob guy, which is what a lot of five men are in the NBA. But what they probably want to see is like, hey, can this dude maybe stretch the floor and pick and pop and shoot threes at the, at the five spot? And so... I, I feel like for him, it's uh, th- those two things are a little at odds for me. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying never shoot threes, but I'm not a fan of like, you know, you, you know, here comes Ashworth, Kalkbrenner's <laughs> the trailer, you flip it back to him, there's 20, like he's Rocky or, you know, something like that, <laughs> and he's letting that thing fly. I'm not a fan of that. So that that's that's kind of the, the Kalkbrenner side of things. For Trey Alexander, I mean, I think he's – He's shown signs, like, I thought early in the year, it was like, man, that dude looks like an NBA combo guard. Mm-hmm. NBA combo guard. Like, I think the, the biggest thing for him is just, uh, you know, he's a he's a good athlete. He's not a great athlete. Um, I think he needs to to continue to try to 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 showcase that, that hey, I'm athletically, I can hang. You know, I can guard different different guards. Uh, I can get by different different guys off the off the bounce. I can manufacture and create shots for other guys. Um you know, so I think it's a. I think I think Trey Alexander is going to get a lot of reps to be able to show those those things. Um, I thought Trey was well on his way to to improving his stock early in the year. Um, I think that's kind of slowed down, but there's a lot. There's so much basketball left. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's and and he's going to get the opportunity to take on some really Kolick and Tristan Newton and and take your pick from from a lot of different good guards down there. Justin Moore as he progresses throughout this year. Nick, let's go to the national kind of landscape in college basketball before we get you out of here. Um, obviously, your uh, Kansas Jayhawks off to a good start, Purdue yep. and Houston as well. Um, as, as you've watched these top teams early on in the season, how do you think kind of the tiers break out? Do you think there are a couple of teams above everybody else? or or Because it kind of seems like there's a clump at the top that is sort of all in the same neighborhood to me. Do you agree with that, or how do you break it down? Yeah, do you – okay, let me – because I, I kind of think that. Like, I think there are five teams that have kind of like – I don't want to say 
completely separated themselves. But like, I think Marquette, Purdue, UConn, Arizona, and Kansas, mm-hmm. that would be my, like, you don't throw, there. you don't throw Houston, Houston in there. I just don't know if Houston's played in a tough enough schedule at, at this point. They would be the one. I mean, if you're looking at my, I wrote down some teams before we got started. At six, I put Houston. Yeah. I mean, they're right there. Right. And those other I teams mean, have all kind of played each other, though, a little bit. You know, yeah. so we kind of have I this feel. Like, Houston passes my eye test. Yeah. But I do, like, like who who have you played? Who have you who have you beaten? Like, you know, you look at who, is Purdue, who Purdue has played. Mm-hmm. Like, come on now. You know, like, I mean, Purdue has, Purdue has taken on everybody, right? Bama, Arizona, Marquette. Like, they, they have played everybody. Yeah, the Maui Houston, Invitational helped a lot of those teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody. I mean, Houston's toughest game at this point, I mean, they, they played at Xavier, uh, played a solid Dayton team. They did play A&M um, this past week. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good win for them. Uh, but, no, I, I, think, uh, I, I think Purdue has the most unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. You know, like that one thing – that beyond you take every other team's like thing, you know, that, that thing that you have to game plan for deal with. And even if you have a good plan for it, it might not matter Mm -hmm. that Purdue's got that. There's something with this Marquette team that I just love um, that I feel like when, when they're at their apex, I'm not so sure they're not the best team in the country, Mm -hmm. but what's weird for me, what will be interesting is like, can you win a national title without a, a without a legit no brainer first round draft pick on your roster? Who's who is who? Do you guys think Marquette has a legit no. first round star? No, I, I don't. I don't know if they do, and I know that's maybe uh, you know giving some weird preface to how you would look at a national championship team but i mean just go down the line like look at every past national champion they got like first round dudes on so on a team i've actually done this nick there is not (laughs) because i'm a dork there's i think every single team going back to like when they expanded the tournament in 85 has at least two nba guys and almost all of them have three with one that is a first rounder so that yeah. your your objection to Marquette is totally fair historically. It does not happen very often. It's very rare, and that so that's one of the the hesitations with with them. Um, but yeah, I, I've loved what I've seen from UConn too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they look like you know uh, some teams win, and you see this at any level, where it's an NFL, NBA, whatever, and they win, and it like they have a successful season, and they either. They, they take their foot off their gas with the process or they, they think like, uh, you know, because of what I did last year, you guys should, everybody should lay down and, and just kind of get out of our way. Mm-hmm. Um, UConn looks like they have taken everything they've done from last year and just like, it's just been rocket fuel for them. Like their confidence. I even think Danny Hurley, like some, he still is going crazy on the sidelines, but Danny, I think even Danny's got like a different look about him of like, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm, I know what we're capable of. Yeah. Um, so I, I love what I've seen from them too. Uh, I, I feel like Purdue, UConn, uh, and, and Marquette strike me as the three teams that I, I believe in the most at this point.
That's Nick Ba. He's a FS1 college basketball analyst, host of the Nick Ba Show, Nick Ba Podcast, and the Chicken Nick Show here on Herd At. Nick, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again sh- soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Nick. That's, you guys. that's Nick Ba. We will continue with Herd At Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities.